This morning, we are starting a series, a four-week series. Um, in fact, we have a little, we have a graphic, if we can get Media Shout back up up there. or uh, um, um, Since I took the time, I'll, I'll put it back up there. We have a graphic for today. The series we're starting is called You Are Here. You Are Here. So, and welcome this morning. You're here. There we are. You're here. Um, if you're listening online, and some of the people are going to be listening later this, you're not here. You're there. But... Well, just for the, for the sake of argument, you're here. What we want to talk about this morning is not our physical location, but where we are in our Christian walk. Uh, a, a number of years ago, there was this um, study with 525 churches, about 180,000 people, and the study was conducted about uh, discipleship, trying to find out uh, if we're doing, the churches were doing a good job in discipleship and how we can help people grow. One of the things that this study came to find out, came to discover, is that every person sitting in the church um, is in one of four places. One of four places. So this morning, I hope you guys can, can see this okay, and nobody gets to, to laugh at my drawing. We're going to just do four circles representing the four places that everybody who's in the church is, is in one of these places. Okay? One of these four locations. And we're going to see now, look at that. It's going to the right. Oh, well. That's just my bad writing. All right. And so everyone can be, is represented by a place on this map, um, on this thing. Now, there's levels of your, your experience, but the very first um, place, the very first uh, position there is in this, this first place is for those who are in the church, they're attending church, they're exploring God. They, they want to get to know what is this God thing? What is this religion thing? We don't believe it's reli- religion. We believe it's a relationship with God. And so we're going to, if you're taking notes, you're, we're going to simply put this Simple initial here of exploring God. Um, and we love people who are here exploring God. It's, your, it's the first opportunity anybody has to come and learn a little bit. And so the four messages are going to be of each of these places. We're talk about uh, a part of each one. Um, the next place is, and in, in, in between exploring God and the next one, actually I'm going to put a cross here. Because... Between exploring God and finding the next one, we actually have to come to the cross of Jesus. We have to become a Christian. So, so the people that are in the exploring God category, they have not had a relationship. They have not been saved yet. Um, and so they're, they're exploring God. We love the EGs. Okay? This, we, we want this church to love those who are coming to explore God. The next people, they've found faith. They've come to Christ. And they're just beginning in God. They're the BGs. Okay. All right. I don't know about that. But anyways, but they're, they're beginning their, their walk with God. Um, th- it's new to them, and, and it, it's just kind of exciting. The next group of, the next group of people, I thought somebody was here. Um, the, the next group is, is, a, is a group that is getting closer to God. They've, they've been around the church for a while, and now they're beginning to get close to God. And the final group of people are... Now, see, it's not going to end with a G this time. It's going to start with a G. And it's the GCs. They are um, God-centered. They've made God the center of their life. And so 
And, and it really, everyone here today and everyone in the church is in one of these places. Again, it's not just a, it's not a point. It's got a lot of room in a circle. So you're, you're in one of these places where you're still feeling, you're exploring God. You haven't made that choice um, and decision to follow Christ, to make him your Lord and Savior. Or, or you might be in here going, yeah, you're kind of still beginning. Maybe you've been in the church a long time and you got saved a long time ago, but you still feel like you're just beginning. We're going to talk about each week of how we get from one to the next and, and the things that go along with that. Um, you might feel like you're really close to God and, and you've been growing. And in fact, that's the word we're going to put at the top because all of these are a place that you can be growing. You have to grow from one to the next. And I want to say that when you get to um, God-centered, you don't stop growing. God-centered is just that your whole life is centered on God. You don't stop growing. You continue to grow. In fact, if at any time in, in any of these places, if you stop growing, you actually fall backwards. And, and that's what, there's a word we use in the church for that. We call it, it's called backsliding. We're half, we need to be growing, moving forward all the time. Because as, as the name of the church says, we're on a journey. The, the Christian faith, um, our walk with God, it's a journey. It's not stagnant. It should never be stagnant. So everyone's growing. So, and, and so we're all growing from one place to the next. Well, this, this wonderful um, study that was, was done pointed out some things about each of these places this morning. Those that are in the first group, we're going to talk more about this this today. Um, it, there's a word that would be associated with that, and that that's fellowship. They're experiencing fellowship with one another, and so that's that's kind of the first group, is fellowship. As, as they come to Christ, and they begin a, a walk with God, I was hoping I didn't have to look at this. I'm nervous. There we go. I, I should have really, as we begin the, the walk with God, of course, it's because they're beginning a relationship with God. The beginning of God, they're getting to know him personally. And so it's, it's marked by uh, relationship. This next group, as we're growing, and remember, all of us are supposed to be growing until we become God-centered, that God is at the point, the middle of our life, which because we also believe in Jesus, we could say Jesus-centered, if you want. And I kind of like that one, because it also stands for Journey Church. But anyways, um, so we go from fellowship to relationship, and this next phase is marked with discipleship. And that's why we're talking about the Right Now Media and we're going to be doing a, a, a second steps class in July is to help people grow in their relationship and become a disciple and move into the place where they actually become a disciple and move into discipleship. And then last, um, the last ship of all this is, um, well, not stewardship, <laughs> I get a little nervous sometimes, is that God has become the center of their life and so they've learned to give him the lordship of their life lordship of their life and um this is this is from a, a, a study that was was done um i didn't didn't make this up but i i saw that this week and i, I really liked it a, uh, a, a a michael jr who we watched in the marriage thing he actually saw this and he added something he says and the devil he's he's out there and he's wanting us 
to forget all of these things, and he wants us to abandon ship. Okay, but that's what we don't want to do. We don't want to abandon ship, though you can. You can abandon ship if you want. Um, at any time, you can abandon ship. But, but remember, Jonah abandoned ship, and he was swallowed by a whale, so I don't encourage it. Um, <laughs> so, so, but we're, it's marked by fellowship, relationship, decide for lordship. But there's four steps. Well, if, if there were four steps, if there were four steps, I'll, p- I'll put those up. How many movements is there between each step? Well, there's three movements, right? So we're going to write this right here. So how do you get, or what, what does it require, or what happens for someone to get from here to here? Well, they're exploring God. They're getting to know Him. They move from exploring God to beginning a relationship with God when they come and they understand a word and something that God has done, and that's simply this. It's, it's grace. They find grace. And the message today primarily is we're going to be talking about grace a little bit later and salvation Be, but we have they have to come to this place where you realize i can't earn anything i can't be good enough i can't attend church enough i've come and i find that god loves me so much that he called me and he sent jesus to die for me and it's by grace that we're saved and so the very first thing in order to get from, from exploring God to be actually start your walk in Christ and become a beginner God is grace. What, what takes us from beginning to God to getting close to God is, is these people begin to understand the Word of God and that it applies to every part of their life. That they need to Seek the word about their relationships. Seek the word about how to, how to operate and how God wants us to live. See, we, we live in a, in a post-Christian world now. And, and there's a lot of people who are growing up and they never had any basis of Bible. And more and more you're finding people wanting to take morals out of schools and out of every public place. And where do we... So we, we have a lot of people who are walking around... And that could be you this morning. He goes, I really don't even have a moral compass. Um, The new moral compass is simply this. And this has been being taught to us since the 60s and 70s. And it's simply this. If it feels good, right? Is that our moral compass? Well, somehow in most of us, there's still that, well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my, that's my compass. And deep down, we know what's right and wrong. We're coming more and more to a place that we don't even know what is right and wrong because our culture is so messed up. So people who are moving from beginning to God to actually growing close to God have discovered that they have to base their life on the Word of God. We're going to be talking about discipleship and the Word of God in in week three and a little bit here moving from beginning to getting close to God. And finally, how do we become from being close to God to this last place, which is the final stage, but is a continuing growth stage as well, um, of being God-centered or Jesus-centered. And that is that we have learned about giving. I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about we've learned to give of ourselves. We give of our, our time, our talents. We realize that we have something that the Lord wants to use. And so the fourth stage is going to be marked 
by, by something changing in someone's life where they're beginning to live open-handedly. Their priorities begin to change from doing things about me and being doing things for God and to others. So that over the next four weeks, we're going to be uh, using this diagram talking about each stage. This morning, what I want to do is I want to go because I, uh, I found um, a, a scripture, one of the parables of Jesus in Luke chapter 4 that um, talks about these stages a little bit, a little bit. But what I like uh, is a springboard is that it that helps us grow. And I want to I wanna go ahead and pray. We've prayed a few times, but <sighs> Heavenly Father, I want to thank you this morning for um, who you are. God, I thank you that we're joined together this morning here at the Journey Church and, and that we are all on a journey growing closer to you, becoming the disciples that you want us to be. God, people who are dying to self more and more, learning to be God-centered. I thank you that you have grace for each and every one of us and that everyone in this room this morning is at a different point in their walk. But God, I pray that you would encourage each and every one of us to grow, to move forward, to be on this uh, awesome adventure that we're on. I pray that as I would uh, share these things that are um, on my heart and for the, this church this morning, that you would bless it. God, help it to uh, impact us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mark 4. Mark 4. My apologies. This parable is in, in three of the Gospels. And this is the, the, the parable of the sower and the seed. Okay, and, and um, I'm actually going to read a, a few verses this morning, starting in verse 3. Jesus' teaching here. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. In verse 9 it says, And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So this is the parable that Jesus is telling to his disciples, and, and he, and he, he uh, puts this at the end. He who has ears, let him hear. And obviously, it's not that there's people out there without any ears, but it's, it's the, Jesus would say this to help emphasize something and say, listen, you need to hear, you need to understand what I'm trying to say. Well, we're thankful that Jesus uh, went on and began um, to explain what the, the parable means. So I want to read a little bit about it in chapter 13. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? When we read the, read the word, we need to understand he sometimes is speaking to us in parables and in word pictures. The sower sows the word, and though these are the ones by the wayside where the word is soon. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Um, Notice in the, in the parable it was birds. Sometimes when you read in the, in the scriptures about birds and beasts, it's actually talking about Satan. It's talking about the enemy who's coming. There is a, an enemy of our souls. His name is Satan. 
And, and he wants to come. He, the Bible says that the, the Satan has come, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's got a purpose out to ruin each and every one of us. And in the, in the parable, it says that the word gets sown, and, and this is uh, happening in this first group. This, this one happens in the first group, and it says that the, sow, the so seed gets sown. It lands in their heart, but the birds come and take it away. And it says this is the devil, Satan, coming and stealing the word from their heart. We, we as and then Jesus said this, we as Christians need to understand that we can hear the teaching, that we can hear the word of God being taught, and something happens, the enemy comes, when? Immediately, it said. Immediately, the enemy wants to come and steal the word from us. Steal it right from our heart. Why? So it doesn't bear fruit. He doesn't want it to bear fruit. And what is that fruit? Salvation. In this first group of people, we're talking about salvation. In, and I, I think it's in Matthew. Um, okay, so it, it, it's not even Matthew. It, it, it says so they can't, can't, that the enemy comes, snatches away the word, so we cannot believe and be saved. So we can't believe and be saved. So this first group exploring God, as you're coming this morning, if you're here this morning, you're, you're checking this out, you're exploring God, here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear some things. They're like, ooh, that's really interesting. Wow, I should think about that. And immediately, the enemy is going to come and try to steal the word from your heart. He's going to bring a lot of different ways to do that. And so the, the, the parable is going to talk about some other things that the enemy does. But immediately he's going to try to steal the word from your heart. Christians, we need to hear this too. If the enemy comes in immediately to steal a word that has been uh, sowed into somebody's life in their heart, when as a believer should we go to somebody after they have... Uh, they're open to the, the gospel after you can tell that maybe something's happened in their life that might make them open to what Jesus did. Should we wait a week? We should go to immediately, huh? Have you, who, who's ever known somebody in their life who wasn't a believer or maybe they were a believer um, but, but they were struggling with something and you find out they're like, I'm just really thinking about God right now and thinking about changing my life and giving my, him my, my life. And you, you know those people, they become open, and then you see them like a week later, and you go, hey, how are you doing? They're like, oh, I'm fine. I'm, I, I was just kind of, a, they're done. You know what happened? The enemy came in, and they stole the word from their heart. There was an opening. The word of God was planted in somebody's life, and because nobody took the opportunity immediately to go and help, help that seed to grow, the enemy took it. How many times have you been at the altar? How many times have you been in a place where you knew that God was dealing with you and you didn't act on it? You didn't seek out some help. You didn't, we're going to go through some of these things. You didn't even understand completely the word. And pretty soon, sometimes even just 15 minutes later on the way to El Pollo Loco, it's over. And, and, and that, that desire, that openness is gone. Church, this is the enemy coming in wanting to rob what God is putting into you. So as a believer, 
we need to recognize this and begin to say, wait a second, I, I, there's a word being preached. I'm going to shoo the bird away. You know, birds, birds can fly. Let, let's, let's not let the enemy come in and take this seed from those that are exploring God or for any of us who are believers. I believe that this parable in uh, Matthew 13 and in, in Mark chapter 4 is something that, that can happen for all of us. And so I want to look at each one a little bit and then spend the rest of the time um, talking to um, those that are exploring God and talking to us as we encounter people that are exploring God. Does anyone know someone who's exploring God? They might not be here this morning. I, I hope we all do. There's somebody who's kind of open to it. They're in their, their spirituality walk. There's a whole other group over here that they could care less. There, they, there, there's more people in the world. But, but we're only talking about these four because these are the four that are in, in the church. They're, they're willing to come. They're interested. Um, but back in, in Mark chapter 4, so the first group is those that are sown and the birds come immediately to snatch away because it has no depth of earth. Some fell on stony I'm sorry that's the next one. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up, but because it has no depth of earth, when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some seed fell among the thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, and so it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on the good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. I've always said that this parable is not the parable of the sower. In your Bible, it probably says the parable of the sower. It's not the parable of the sower. This is the parable of the soil. Because in the parable, the sower is the same all four times. In the parable, the seed is the same all four times. What changes is the soil in which the seed is sowed. That's us. That's our heart. Um, he ends this parable by saying, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Let him hear what's happening. So we need to begin to to try to get spiritual ears to hear what God is trying to tell us. We have to become better at understanding. We need to begin to cultivate a soil when we're here at church. If you're exploring God, I really want to challenge you to work hard at understanding what is being said in the light of the Bible. This week I had an uh, interesting, I don't know if you noticed that the uh, parking lot was... Um, was resurfaced and the lines put in. John Tharp comes and does a great job for us every year. And this year I was going to move the the uh, handicapped uh, spots back about 10 feet. We're going to we're, we're still going to do that. Um, and so we're going to move them back about 10 feet. So the first 10 feet of the parking lot there would be able to walk in and keep that safe. Um, that also the reason we're doing that is that the parking space right next to the two handicapped spot right by the light pole. If you've ever parked there and you park all the way at the front, when you back up, you hit the light pole. So we're going to try to solve that by bringing people back just a little bit. Anyway, Sarah's never done that. <laughs> a, you can go out and count all the creases in the electric wire out there. A lot of us have done that. Um, 
So anyway, so we had this conversation about what I wanted, and then the day uh, he was striping the thing, he came out and says, hey, I want to talk to you about this. And he said, so um, do, do, you want, do you want a space in between the two handicapped? Or I said, no, you can just, we don't need any space. We don't need, there's not enough room for the van space. We just want to put the lines out in, in the same spot. Um, but we'd already gone over that it was going to move 10 feet back. That, that was established. So he's asked me his questions, and, you know, I'm like, I thought we'd cover this. And so we, we got it all done, and, and I left. And I came back the next day, and the parking lot, parking spaces are both at the front again. And I thought, this is really weird. We just had the conversation about this. How come he didn't understand? And so when he came uh, to pick up his money, I says, hey, we might, you know, in a, in a couple weeks, we'll probably want to repaint these lines. We're going to be doing some little construction out there, too. And so he goes, you know, that's why I asked you because I knew there was something and I was trying to figure out what it was if you still wanted me to move them and this and that. And he, and he apologizes, you know, I'm sorry. And I realized what happened. When I was talking to him, I thought he understood that we were moving them. When, when he talked to me, he didn't understand that. He didn't remember that part. He didn't understand that part. I never made it clear. So we're having the same conversation from two different places. When I left, I knew it would be done correctly. And when I left, he knew how to do it correctly. <laughs> and we were both wrong. Right? So why? Because from our own perception, from our own point of view, we look at things and we don't always understand. When we're talking about the creator of the universe, here's something for all of us, and I want to encourage you that are exploring God. Here's just th this, this amazing thing. He knows more than you. And he looks at things differently than you. Anyone who say, who's married can say amen, right? People who are married, they look at things so incredibly different from one another. So when you come and are exploring God and you hear something, you've got to be careful not to just interpret it out of your own filter and out of the things that you think and out of the things that you want to feel. So you need to be one who would like, I want to have understanding ears. I want to understand what's happening in this moment. So you need to be a, a seeker. You need to be wanting to seek and know, uh, know what it's really talking about. Um, there's so many examples where, where all of us could probably come up with an example when they were having a conversation with someone that you thought you were talking about the same thing. You ended up talking about two different things or slightly different. And so as exploring God, and for all of us, no matter what stage we're in, we want to have ears to be able to understand what's going on. What's going on. To understand is to perceive, but it also means to look into, give attention to, and ponder. So how can we understand? We need to look into what we're hearing. We need to find more information about it. We need to uh, ponder. We need to think about it. We need to go back to the place and the source where it was written to see if, if we're missing it at all. And understand that one passage of Scripture can be very confusing. It could give you something that might lead you to... to uh, believe one thing, but when you put the scriptures all together, 
the picture comes out. A classic funny example on that is if you open up the Bible and you and you get that word for the day and you go, Okay, Lord, you know, what do you want what do you want me to do today? And you go, Well, Judas went out and hung himself, so and you flip a few pages and you find Jesus say, you know, saying, go and do likewise. Well, no, we, we've got to understand what is the point of that scripture. And, and there's some other places. You could go into um, the book of Job and read some passages that talk about um, God and, and uh, from the perspective of those that in the end get rebuked by God. They were wrong. But it's written in the Bible. So when you're hearing something, you need to go, okay, I need to help get, understand this. So find somebody who's been in the faith longer and, and have them uh, help you. And then go to some other people too. We want to get a round view. We don't want to not understand what God is speaking to us. We want to be those who are seeking, seeking God out so we can have ears to hear. Don't let the enemy come and steal the word in your heart. Don't let him do it church he comes to steal you steal the word and, and we, we want to be those who act onto it in james it, uh, it well first in the book of proverbs the words wisdom and understanding are linked in so many of the proverbs it says get wisdom and in all you're getting get understanding it links wisdom and understanding i think that they go together so often though they're two different words and so in james it says if anyone lacks wisdom let him ask of god who gives freely i think that we can do the same thing with understanding god i lack understanding i want to understand what's being said i want to understand what you think about me I want to understand what the Bible says about me and how I'm supposed to live. Give me understanding. If you've ever learned a new sport that was at all similar to a, a sport that you have played at other times, sometimes learning the new thing can be really difficult. Um, Hockey. I don't play hockey. But um, I've watched hockey players play, and, and, and they hold this stick that goes down. It has a little bit of an end on it, right? And, and they whack that thing, right? They, I mean, they, they really do that. I've played golf, and I've looked, and I think the swing is different. I don't think a golf swing is the same as a hockey swing. Does anyone play? I, I, think, I think it's, it's different, isn't it? Okay. So you get a hockey player like Happy Gilmore. And he's going to learn how to play golf. It's different. You, you, if you play hockey and then you, you, you play golf, you have to relearn. You have to relearn how to hold it and how to swing, follow through. Everything's very different. And it's really hard because what they want to do is they want to grab the golf club and they want to hit it like a puck. When you come to faith and you're exploring God, you want to do Christianity. You want to do God the way you do life but you're coming to something new you you you, you want to do it the way with all of your baggage with all of your bents with all of your hurts and you've got to say wait a second i need to approach this all new i need to be teachable i need to be open to what god might say to me as we open up our heart to understand as we pray 
God, give me understanding. I want to seek to understand what you're doing in my heart. I want to get to know you more. I want to get to know what your word says more. We're going to be those who can begin to move because we, we're going to begin to find his grace. We're going to begin to go into the word of God to move from just beginning in Christ to getting close, close to God. And that's what we want to do. It's a journey we're supposed to keep moving. Just keep swimming. Amen. I have like multiple, multiple pages of the same thing. I don't know how I print out like three copies, so I'm all confused. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to hit the rest, rest of these parts of the parable. The, the enemy comes in to steal. The enemy comes in as a, like a bird, and he steals what was sown. Otherwise, the, other, the next one is that we don't have a lot of depth in us. And so that which is planted grows up for a second, but dies quickly. I think that's persecution. You know, you, you, you become a Christian, and, and, and immediately something comes in, and you get persecuted. And so it kills the word. Sometimes you're persecuted from your own mind. Sometimes you're persecuted from a friend or a loved one that you're, you're coming to Christ say, you know, I just, I feel like, you know, I, I've met Christ and I put my faith in him and he wants me to live this way and somebody immediately comes and persecutes you for it. And, and, and there's not enough time for that seed to grow. The next one, it grows up, but there's other things growing up with it. It's with the, the weeds, it gets sowed and that grows up with the weeds and the weeds choke it out. Well, that's because as we're growing in our faith, we need to get rid of those weeds out of our life so that we can grow from one spot to the next and not get choked off with the cares of the world and our other thinking. So that finally we can be God-centered, still growing. And here's what's interesting. All of the attacks of the enemy, they keep coming. He keeps still trying to steal the word as soon as it's planted inside of you. He keeps trying to not let it get a foundation in your life. He keeps trying to put other things in your life that's going to choke out the word. You might have uh, uh, found freedom in parts of your life and other parts not. So it's an ongoing battle. It's an ongoing trip that we're going to be working towards to keep growing in our faith. But I want to spend just the next 10 minutes real simply on those exploring God. Some of you in here this morning might be exploring God. Most of us in this room know somebody who's, who's exploring God. And, and you might, some people say it's, just, it's hard to become a Christian. Listen, it's not hard to become a Christian. It's not hard. It's actually very, very simple to become a Christian. First, it's not based on works. You can't do it. I can't do it. It's by grace through faith. If you've got a Bible, go to Ephesians chapter 2. And the reason I want you to go there if you have a Bible or you can flip to it in your phone. Most phone Bibles have a bookmark ability. I want you to find Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. In your Bible, I want you to memorize where it's at, underline it.
Ephesians 2 says, For grace, by grace you've been saved, through faith, not of works. It's a gift of God so that no one can boast. Word for word out of the New King James and memorized elsewhere. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So it's not about you doing something. It's not hard because you don't have to do anything. You have to be saved by His grace. The word grace simply means this. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. The things that God has for you, He has for you, and Christ paid the price for you to receive them. This one specifically talking about salvation. John chapter 6. You don't have to go there, but I, I want you to definitely mark Ephesians chapter 2. I want to read John chapter 6. 28 and 29 says, What shall we do that we may work the works of God. And Jesus answered and said, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He sent. You believe in Jesus. You, you, you put your faith and your trust that Jesus is who He said He is. Now, here's some things where you may need to know a little bit more. Jesus actually said that He came to die for our sins because our sins separated us from Him. It's not hard to become a Christian, but you have to realize that we're sinners. In, in the book of Romans, in chapter 3 and chapter 6, there's these two matching scriptures, 3.23 and 6.23, that says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then it says, But the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. We, we've sinned. We've, we can't do it on our own. We need a Savior. And Ephesians says that we're saved by grace. And that, that the work is simply as believe in Him. So you just say, I, I believe. I put my trust in you. I can't do it on my own. I can't do the work. It's by faith in you. Forgive me of my sins. Number two, we, we just kind of covered that. It's, it's a free gift. Romans 6.23. It's not based on work. It's a free gift. And now the other scripture in Romans is Romans chapter 10. Some of us know this in here, but this is it. This is, this is right where it comes. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Now, it's important. We don't use the word Lord. You know, Shannon doesn't come up to me in the morning and say, Lord, here's your coffee. We're working on it still. <laughs> 23 years. I, 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 I'm holding out hope for this. That you, I'm just kidding. Lord means master. It's a master of the house. People in the olden days, I, I, if you're visiting, I don't think that way. I just was being funny in case you're wondering. You could be the, the Lord of the manor, right? The Lord of the house. He was the master of the house. It was very common, and not that long ago in English, to use the term Lord, but we don't use it. Lord means master. We just got to get that, right? So it's really, so when we read this again, it says that if you confess with your mouth, the master Jesus, is he your master? And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Skip down to verse 13. You can read them all if you want. I'm not hiding anything from you. 
This is one of those hard cells. You can read all of them. Okay. 13 says this. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You believe in your heart. What do you believe? That Jesus died for my sins. That God raised him from the dead. You confess in the mouth that he's your master. See, the Bible makes it clear that the demons believe in Jesus. Demons believe in Jesus. People believe in Jesus. In fact, most every knowledgeable historian does not refute that there was a guy who lived on this earth, Jesus. They, they refute some of the, the exploits that he did. Jesus, so lots of people believe in Jesus. This belief is to cling to and to confess, he's my Lord, he's my Master, I'm going to follow him and serve him. We do that with our mouth, and we do that with our leaning into and our heart. I used to do a little bit of, just when I was much younger and, and not in this shape round, um, I used to do some rock climbing and some rappelling. And one of the hardest things to do when you're kicking yourself off of a rock the first time is to lean into the rope. What you're always trying to do is stand up and, and keep your feet, and, 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 and it doesn't work. You need to lean into the rope so that you can become like this with the rock so that you can kind of do this. That's the leaning into that we do with Jesus, not trying to do it on our own, but leaning in and going, okay, here I go. Woo! We confess. We lean into him. You're my Lord. I don't understand a whole lot more, but here's what I understand. I've tried to live my life on my own and be my own boss, and it hasn't worked out very well for me. I would like to someday not go to hell, and I'd like to go to heaven. And I can't get there on my own. I'm going to lean into Jesus and trust him to be my Savior. And I'm going to confess it with my mouth. Believe in my heart and I confess it with my mouth that he's Lord. And that is not hard. It's really what I should say is it's, it's just very simple. But the hard part is to do it. Because I remember the first time that I repelled, that was hard. Because it's that first step. Well, I tell you this, you're exploring God some more. If you know somebody, church, See, as, as I'm explaining this, this is simple for you to explain too to other people. It's, we, we put our faith in Christ to forgive us of our sins, purify us, and we will walk new and we'll become different. Simple, but it takes a step of faith to receive it. Over the next three, three more weeks, we're going to talk about how we can move. This morning, we're going to pray. We're going to spend a moment in prayer. And, and um, I have a gift for anyone who um, wants to make that decision come in contact with that grace of God to move from an exploring God to beginning your walk in God I've got a gift for you I want to give to you if that's it um, next week I've got something else to help us grow as we're beginning God to be grow from to be close to God but right now we want to close our eyes and the reason we close our eyes is so no one's distracted not worried that somebody else might see them at this moment they're just free to do to pray to focus on God and this morning if you've been in that exploring God you've been uh, visiting churches or uh, maybe this is your first visit but you've, you've heard something 
something was a seed was planted in your heart and your heart's like going wait a second i think this is real we're giving an opportunity to do something so the enemy doesn't come and steal that seed and that's to pray a prayer and put your faith into jesus this morning if that's you if there's anyone in this room this morning we're going to give an opportunity nobody's looking but just raise your hand and say i want to lean into jesus and put my faith in him to be my savior and my lord and we're going to pray Thank you. A prayer of salvation is nothing magical, but it's, it's something that is very important. And you can say it in your own words, but it might go something like this. You can pray along with me if you want or pray something similar. God, I don't know a lot about you. I don't know a lot about Jesus but I know that I am separated from you. I'm not a Christian. I've heard this morning that Jesus died for my sin so that I can have a new relationship and a new life. I've heard this morning that you want me to put my faith and hope in you as my Lord, and I want to do that this morning. Be my Lord. Help me to be your servant your follower and trust in you forgive my sin make me a new creation and lord i pray that you would cause me to begin to grow in you develop a relationship with you become a move to the next phase of beginning my life and a new life in god Father, for the rest of us, we pray that you would help us to keep growing. God, to recognize the enemy when he comes to steal a word from us that is drawing us closer to you to to live in a way that's more pleasing to you or to be set free and delivered from something. God, we pray that you would begin to give us a love for the word of God. God, move us to a place where we put all of our faith, hope, and trust in you and, and to be, have you at the very center of our life and become God-centered. pray that you bless this day and this time, God, in this series as we continue to grow closer to you on our journeys of faith. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Remember, the You Are Here sticker on any map is not the goal. The goal is you look at that and find out where you want to go, and there's your starting point. You guys have a great day. If anyone wants to stay and needs help uh, logging in or getting an account with right now, I'll help you do that.